0: On this week's episode, television is out front at the upfronts. Star Wars blasts away from trilogies, pew pew. And Marvel has a return in mind for Daredevil. All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. multiverse this is gerald Glass from pop culture cosmos game source inside sports fantasy football and the lakers fast break we truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows and if you can please give us a five star review wherever you get your podcasts plus if you can like share subscribe follow or do anything that you can in sports right here at the pop culture cosmos the lakers fast break game source inside sports fantasy football Vampires and Vitae, Wizards and Wine, and everything that we do in the realm of tabletop RPGs because we are the numero uno, number one, tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook. You got to check out all the great games, including Wizards and Wine, Demolition Force, Vampires and Vitae, all the great games that Mitch runs on the weekends, everything that we do when it concerns tabletop RPGs on Facebook. Plus also while well on Facebook, you can catch the latest news and trends in pop culture right there at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. And if you can support all of that, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a PCC Multiverse without my good friend. It is the mastermind behind so many things that we do here at the <laughs> Pop Culture Cosmos and Vampires and Vitae and Wizards and Wine. Again, you got to go ahead and check out what she's doing today at Wizards and Wine and Vampires in Vitae, wherever you get your podcasts. It is my good friend, indeed. Hoping for some good things for her and her husband, Robbie Ross, this weekend. When it concerns the pop culture cosmos and Vampires in Vitae, it is my good friend. It is Melinda Barkhouse-Ross. And Melinda, great to have you back here. I know it's another late deal for you, but I am so glad you get to sit in a big chair with me and talk pop culture once again. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. Absolutely. I know there's some good things in the background that we're talking about, that we're thinking about, that we're kind of hoping that we'll be able to get done. So hopefully we can make some big announcements in the coming weeks on that. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. But for now, we have a fantastic show lined up for you. After everything is all said and done when it concerns the upfronts for television here in the States, there are so many TV shows that were affected by it both good and bad. Right. And here on the back end of the show is Don Fobbs from the mother daughter ish podcast. She's going to stop by, like I said, on the back end of the show, talking about the upfronts and yes, we'll go over all the good, the bad and the upcoming when it concerns the upfronts and all the broadcast TV shows that are coming up. Plus also as well, Melinda and I are going to be talking about a lot of cool things, including Marvel and star Wars, because there's a lot of Marvel and star Wars on the way. Marvel was there at the upfronts talking about She-Hulk. So we got a debut trailer for She-Hulk, plus some other good announcements there on which television show last year was the most watched from Marvel. Mm -hmm. So we'll let you know on which was the most popular Marvel show on Disney Plus as well. Plus also Kathleen Kennedy, the head of Star Wars, was quoted recently about a different direction for the Star Wars movies. So we'll talk about that on the back end. Well, since we were talking trailers with the She-Cult trigger, there was another trailer battle going on, as we love to say here on the show. The trailer battle is on when it concerns the boys versus the Umbrella Academy on Netflix and the boys on Amazon Prime. Both of those shows are debuting in their third season in June. So we talk about the trailers and what we liked on both of those trailers coming up as well. But first, my friend, it is the stuff that was announced by Kevin Feige and that's something that was not announced by Kevin Feige that was uncovered by Variety. And it was announced earlier today by Variety. They broke the story that a new Daredevil, well, we all knew a Daredevil was going to be on the way, but it's now official as Variety broke the story that a Daredevil series is in development. They've already attached writers to it. It looks to be something that is going to be a definite, probably sometime, I'm saying at this point, maybe late next year, fall next year at the earliest. I wouldn't expect anything sooner. But your thoughts on Daredevil now heading to Disney Plus in probably late 2023?
2: As long as they're working with was Charlie it, Cox. Uh, Charlie Cox? Of, of course. Women? You yeah. saw him
0: at Spider-Man No Way Home. You also saw him all over the place talking about that. Yeah, you knew it was inevitable that they were going to have him back on in some form or fashion. He was not really involved in Hawkeye, but you had Vincent D'Onofrio playing the Kingpin in that show. So it looks more and more like we'll be seeing both those characters in a big form, which I know you're happy about, especially with the Kingpin.
2: Yeah, In a new
0: Daredevil series.
2: Yeah. He's just so good, honestly. Vincent D'Onofrio, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. yes oh man he's so good as long as those two people are involved i'm gonna watch it
0: well charlie cox also has been rumored to be playing a part in the she hulk yeah. series that's coming out later this year in august because of the fact that he's a lawyer and of course she hulk she's right. a lawyer
2: that's right so, yes.
0: yes when it concerns those two you you'd think there's going to be an inevitable courtroom scene and a courtroom battle or they could be working together but most likely a courtroom battle not superhero battle per se, but courtroom battle with words, not actions. The pen is mightier,
2: and all of that, right?
0: Yeah, something like that. But (laughs) we'll talk about the She-Hulk trailer in a second. But with Daredevil, this is something, again, as you saw on Netflix, was the top rated Marvel Netflix show. It was something that I think of any of the shows that was canceled, I think that was the one that was hardest for Netflix to cut. And there is still such a following forward. People were so happy when Charlie Cox was rumored to be in the new Spider-Man movie, and he eventually was. His scene was just a few minutes in, but you know it was still there, and it was still great to have him a part of it. So having Charlie Cox involved with this and having him front his own series is great. But it's going to be on Disney Plus, and we saw with Moon Knight that it gets into the direction of what those Netflix series are, as far as violence, as far as a harder edge. We all know that saw the Netflix Marvel series, Daredevil, on Netflix, that it was a very much an R-rated show. So your thoughts, will Disney Plus continue that harder edge for a new Daredevil
2: series? Honestly, I think they're going to have to at this point. I think that, you know, as, as long as they're going to continue to produce Marvel content, they have to get more and more comfortable with higher and higher ratings,
0: the amount of violence, the possibility of going yeah, to, a, a, of PG, to of a PG-13, to an exactly. R.
2: Exactly, yeah. They, they've got to continue to be comfortable with that because – comic books write a certain way and if you're going to go see a comic book movie you expect to see certain things in a comic book movie and i think cutting those out for the sake of young eyes that you know should have parental controls on your remote controls and all of that good stuff
0: which they added in on Disney Plus
2: Absolutely so, so I, now you
0: can lock it out from Robbie so you can't yeah. watch the bad stuff <laughs>
2: Right. So just watch the stuff that I'm not going to be at home. And so he can't watch it first. Just lock him out of it.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Under the guise of, I'm not sure you should watch alone. (laughs) So I've got to be sure and be there with you to watch it.
2: (laughs) Yeah. But no, I think that as long as they're comfortable with continuing to do that kind of content, I think that it's important that they do it at some point. Are we going to see, yeah, I guess we probably already have where we've had Deadpool
0: well, Deadpool hasn't been on Disney Plus yet. Deadpool, the movies right. have been on FX, Hulu. They've obviously been a big hit in the movies. Deadpool 3, when that eventually gets made, and they did do a little bit of a, a snippet teaser, a joke teaser on Instagram, on the Deadpool 3 official page this week. So that was kind of funny what they did, yeah. talking about the commercial involvement and all that, with most of the companies being owned by Ryan Reynolds. That were right. in Right. <laughs> I think that Deadpool 3 has to be a natural for Disney+. I think yeah. it has to migrate once it's done its theatrical run for Disney+, and be that R-rated Deadpool. I know they did a PG-13 of Deadpool 2, and I don't think it went over quite as well. It was just an extra money grab, and I guess it did okay, but obviously not to the extent of what the R-rated Deadpools did. But yeah, I think at some point in time, they're going to have to start going into that harder edge. And so by the time a Daredevil series comes out. I think more people will be comfortable watching a R-rated series on Disney+. I yeah. think it's just something that they inevitably had to do. That's why I'm talking about always to you and to Josh, almost talking his ear off for now for over a year, about how they need to just buy Hulu, buy all the content, bring it all over on one platform and be done with it. Because I'm not sure until they can go ahead and... Get all that content, get all that extra content and all that extra new content that they will be able to reach that plateau which they're trying to reach. They're doing good now. They're in the 140 million range, they're gaining on Netflix. But can they catch up to Netflix? And this is one of the things we talked about on our awesome streaming 101 episode: is Disney has to go ahead and start making some decisions if they want to get into that territory. And get more content that's going to go ahead and to a general audience and to audiences that are not watching Disney Plus right now. And I think that's one thing that they have to get used to is that they have to go a little bit harder edge at times in order to bring in more viewers.
2: Yeah, I completely agree with with all of that. They've already kind of made the commitment when they started to add the Marvel stuff to yeah. Disney+. Plus. You know, they, they already started to, whether they intended to or not. So I can see it continuing. And I think that the same expectation for Marvel movies and shows that we've seen so far, I think that those expectations are still going to be there. And it's just a matter of Disney getting comfortable with putting R-rated content on their app. And two,
0: three months from now. when Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness debuts on Disney+, Plus, because they're not going to put that on Hulu. They're going to put that movie on Disney+. Plus. It's not an option. It's going to go there. It has scary scenes, and it has things that people would normally say, hey, I don't want my kids to watch that. But if with the parental control there at Disney+, Plus, it's going to be able to alleviate a little bit of those concerns. But it's something that, again, like I said, that they're going to have to get used to if they want to go harder edge This is what we're going to have to do to bring in, I think, a large enough audience to get them where they need to go.
2: Yeah, I agree. And I think that continuing to maybe work on your parental control and trying to really make it so parents can really lock that stuff down if they need to. I think that that's just good logical sense for Disney. And, you know, they seem to be making the correct decisions at this point. So I I don't know. I guess I'll, I'll trust them and I guess trust them with the content that we all love so much.
0: I hope yeah. we can continue to trust them because so far they've done pretty good when it concerns yeah. Marvel and Star Wars. It's the other content that they still need to go ahead and bring that gets people invested and wanting to come back to Disney Plus. They still need a third tier of new programming. And as I always say and I was a joke in the past couple of weeks, Sneakerella is not gonna cut it. It's gonna be <laughs> have to be something that maybe it's the Percy Jackson series when that finally comes out in twenty twenty three maybe it's something different. I still think a Tron series, I think, would go over well. But there has to be other series that people need to go ahead and check out that will be able to live up to those same kind of expectations that Marvel and Disney provide for Disney+. Plus. So, we'll
2: yeah, wait and see. Yeah. I think that having a season with more than six episodes also would be kind of a, a good move yeah, for that as well. Absolutely. You know, and I understand that the Star Wars movies and all of that stuff, or shows, I understand that they cost an incredible amount of money to produce i understand that but this is the big d that we're talking about so (laughs) i'm pretty sure they could that's again
0: netflix has already set the precedent on this yeah all these suits i mean josh and i were talking about oh yeah it's 10 11 12 episodes on halo no it isn't they already put their season one ending episode this week, which I'm going to talk about with TJ on the on the Monday show for Halo. So it ended at nine episodes, and that's a longer one with concern streaming. Most of these streaming series, they only go six episodes now, seven episodes. Nine seems to be pushing it for a lot of these series. I think that's the way these streaming outlets like it. Short, sweet, and put them out there so we can get them out in, in less than a year time frame each and every year.
2: Yeah, I, I suppose so, but then you just... As we have seen with Disney and, uh, you know, as you heard us talk about ad nauseum in the Streaming 101 episode, if you do six episodes, you're going to have gaps, huge gaps between your content. So if they had just taken that six and made it 12, we wouldn't have had this giant gap.
0: And I wouldn't have ever found Severance, which I absolutely love. And on this time gap in between what we've seen with Moon Knight and Kenobi, that gap Kenobi's coming out next week. Yeah. I got a chance to watch and catch up with Upload season 1 and 2 and that is a great show. Cute show, show isn't it? It is a very cute show. I love the premise. Like I said, production values are if they were just a little bit better, they would be, enhance even more, but I love the romantic stories. A great romantic comedy. I really love yeah. the back and forth on that. Will they or won't they? Or will they? And it's been a great story to follow even though they had a limited number of episodes. Again, 7 episodes in season 2. But still a great show and a great watch and thank disney plus for that because i got a chance to watch because there was nothing i really wanted to see on disney plus after moon Knight ended so i hopped over to amazon prime and that's what i found uploads so thank you for disney plus for that but that's not the way you're supposed to do it so right exactly so before we head to the break i wanted to go ahead and mention real quick that the top marvel show that was announced by kevin feige much to my chagrin but i kind of knew it already was not Hawkeye, but the top rated show was Loki because I think it really came off hot off the heels of both the Falcon and Winter Soldier and WandaVision and it started growing and growing and growing. So Loki was the highest rated show. Any thoughts on that before we head to the break?
2: Yeah, that's not a huge surprise. I mean, Tom Hiddleston as Loki is amazing to watch on screen. It really is. And I'm sure he would be horrified to hear me actually say it because me and tom are close of course but i think that you know if he only played loki for the rest of his career i don't think that he'll ever be out of work
0: yeah absolutely you know i I
2: just think that he brings so much to the character and i think that he plays the character so well that it's just a given at this point i don't think that they can recast loki
0: no and i can tell you right now there's no way they could tell me that they intended loki to be lasting 10 years later
1: They thought he was
0: going to be a one-and-done deal. I'm just convinced that they thought he was going to be a one-and-done deal, and then he's done so well. He has made this role. Like, for instance, Wong. Wong has been a major part of this phase because he is such a beloved character because of the great job that Benedict Wong has done. Just these actors that are able to embrace these roles so well seemingly get an extended life, and Kevin Feige sees that, and the fans just really pounce on it and just really are so supportive. So... Yes, great news for Tom Hiddleston as they head into a Loki season two when that comes up either later this year or I'm assuming 2023 as well. But what are your thoughts out there on what Marvel announced during the upfronts and the announcement or the breaking news made by Variety that a Daredevil show is on the way? Please let us know. Pop Culture Cosmos at Yahoo.com. Thanks for checking out the PCC. You know, the Pop Culture Cosmos. We'll be back in one moment. So let me get this straight, we're gonna play a like a video game together, or? Well,
2: a... not exactly.
0: Okay, fine. W- where's the controller?
2: Oh, uh, that's, it's it's right here.
0: This is literally a sheet of paper. I don't understand what you here,
2: you're, you're gonna need these two.
0: Dice, you've just had, are these even dice?
2: We are gonna play Vampire the Masquerade. It's a role-playing game. What kind of vampire do you wanna be?
0: Okay, now you're telling me there's more than one kind of vampire? Oh,
2: my friend, you have no idea. There's an Nosferatu, there's Vampires in Vitae, an actual play podcast, season two to Pop Culture Cosmos.
0: Well, my friend, there's still much more to talk about on today's program. The Star Wars, speaking of the other side of Disney, we (laughs) talked about Star Wars a little bit. Kathleen Kennedy was quoted on an interview saying that their hesitancy, first of all, they're not going to, after the debacle with Solo, a Star Wars story, after that debacle, they're not going to go ahead and recast favorite characters again. They're not going to approach that. So they're, that's a done deal. They're not going to be able to do that anymore because of what happened with Solo. But one of the things she, that has been now inferred is that they are going to move away from standard trilogies like they've done before in the past movie universe for their all their stuff. They're going to go ahead and go into more concurrent storytelling. Obviously, they've had success with the Mandalorian, and that's been a big influence on this decision that was made. Rian Johnson was in development for a Star Wars trilogy, and that looks to be bye-bye at the very least. And there's more coming along the way with Taika Waititi stuff, and uh, you know other things that are being produced. But it's going to be more of a consistent storytelling format, both in television and in movie formats for the Star Wars IP going forward. Your thoughts on this? I think it's a great move because obviously after The Last Skywalker, things weren't looking great for the Star Wars brand on film and movies. And at that time on television as well, because we didn't know what to expect for The Mandalorian. But your thoughts on this new direction for Star Wars?
2: Yeah, I think it was inevitable. I mean, you can only tell so many stories about the Skywalkers. Mm -hmm. You can only keep going back to that well so many times before you have to find Some new stuff to start to tell stories about, and please don't don't at me because I'm saying we don't need the Skywalkers anymore in Star Wars. That's not what I'm saying. I get it. (laughs) All I'm saying is that we need to find the next wave of things that it's going to continue to pull and push the Star Wars franchise forward. And they seem to be getting it right with stuff like The Mandalorian. So I'm going to continue to feel optimistic about it. I will choose optimism
0: even though the Mandalorian is set after Return of the Jedi, but before some of the stuff that we've seen in the Star Wars universe is so funny because it is kind of a different story, but yet it's still tied into the original series, so to speak. And then what we've talked about with the Skywalker saga, they said or inferred that the Kenobi series will probably be the last thing that you see in that universe for a while. I think for a while is the is the answer that I'm looking for, but I don't think it's going to be a forever thing. Your thoughts, will they approach the Skywalker timeline again? I think that they will.
2: Yeah, I hope so. I mean, you know, that's that's classic Star Wars stuff. Yeah. And I do think that though they they do need to step away from it for a little while, they do, do need to explore other corners and pockets of universes and like i said before i'm just going to trust them to make correct decisions on that one and i mean are, are we going to see great grandpa luke i don't know
0: <laughs> who knows indeed he'll come back you know? as, he'll come back as a forced ghost ghost type deal so yes absolutely so that'll be something interesting to see how star wars the ip evolves because they've had such great success with mandalorian and they're off shooting off that but after ahsoka and after Kenobi, that whole timeline, as far as anything relating to the Skywalkers, they're going to kind of distance themselves little by little away from that. So we'll see what happens. But I still think, again, there's still the Rogue One spinoff as well, that they still, that's in production and or that's going to be coming up pretty soon as well. So I don't think that they can really get away from the Star Wars Skywalker timeline. They're just going to kind of this like have it still within reach. It's still going to be within reach somehow. There's still going to be some type of always connection to it in some form or fashion, I believe. They will probably try to create a different universe at some point in time. I think they have to ultimately. But again, it's all about getting new viewers into the Star Wars experience. And so far, the stuff on Disney Plus has done just that.
2: Yeah, I, I want to know the story behind the band in the cantina. There you go. Tell me <laughs> that story. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Tell me that story. How did they yeah, get there?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And did yeah. they have
2: to audition? I don't know.
0: Did they do like a live performance type deal? Did they have to go on like a reality show? And, you know, yeah. Like Were that they
2: show? like American Idol winners? And
0: what happened to the losers? Were they fed to the Bantha or just
2: right. rah, rah,
0: <laughs> or ate them up for dinner? as like, you know, and then used a toothpick in their teeth before you know, like that yeah. after the. Yeah. So, We'll see what happens, though, with the Star Wars universe and if it really goes into a galaxy far, far away from the Skywalker timeline. But what are your thoughts on those comments made by Kathleen Kennedy, head of Star Wars, on the direction for Star Wars? Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at yahoo.com. Well, Before we hit the break, and right after that, Don Fobbs from the Mother Daughter-ish podcast talking about the upfronts with me coming up after the break, wanted to ask you real quick, did you get a chance to see the season three trailers for the Umbrella Academy and also the boys? And this is so funny because they start around the same time. They come around each year around the same time. They both have these anti kind of superhero, anti superheroes, and kind of anti hero type themes, which so many other series and shows have now jumped on since their successes of both of those series. Just these series have done so well. And Doom Patrol, which also came out the same time as well, around that time. All three of them were just like together, back to back to back. But your thoughts as you got a chance to check out these trailers, looks like a battle's coming up for one between the houses on the Umbrella Academy. And it looks like a showdown could be in its store as well with a new character in The Boys that I'm really excited for as well.
2: Yes, the Winchesters are coming to The Boys. Well, yeah. I mean, sort of in my soldier mind boy. that's what's soldier happening. boy soldier yeah. boy is coming yes yeah absolutely so so the thing with these two series is, is that both of them i watched for the first season and then i kind of fell off about halfway through the second season and i i did never never finished the second season for either Shame of those I shows. know. I know. boys I know because I, you know, it, it, it was really good. I don't know what took me off of it. I'm not sure Anthony Starr's
0: Homelander on the boys is simply just fantastic viewing. And he's again, going to be a major part. His development is going to be again, a major part of season three.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And the best that I can give you for now with the trailers is maybe I'll finish the second season before I sit down and, give the third seasons of both shows a shot i don't know i just have funny feelings about those shows and i'm not sure exactly what they are well yeah why is that because i I, you know i I love an anti-hero i really do and all of that i find very very intriguing but with both of these shows i don't know what it is i'm just like huh i don't know i feel like i've seen it all before and i don't know why i feel that way
0: well, it's so funny because in the Umbrella Academy, you've got a showdown that is going to immediately take place at the end of season two. Spoilers that looks like it be setting up between the Umbrella Academy and the Sparrow Academy. So it looks like that is going to be a major showdown in that season three and how that develops for that series. That's always been a good show for me that I will catch, but it's not a must. I got to see a day one type show. Right. But The Boys has been something that I thought is one of the best shows I've seen on television in the past decade. I think it's just been something that has continued in season two that's really been good for me. And I look forward to seeing what's going to take place in season three. Homelander, again, Anthony Starr has been great. Carl Urban as his nemesis, Nemesi nemesis, yeah, mean he but he's been great as well in the series.
2: Yeah, and that particular dynamic. Yeah, between the two of them, I did really enjoy. I thought that was very well done, very well acted, and very well written. And of
0: course if you watch the trailer, you'll see that, this is not spoilers because the series hasn't started yet, but he gets the opportunity to take the Compound V, Carl Urban's character, Butcher. He's going to be able to get the opportunity to take Compound V for 24 hours and have the powers to see if he can go ahead and face off against Homelander. So If at the end of Season 3 he actually is able to do that, it will obviously be a very momentous battle and everybody will be geeking out over that, rest assured. So yeah, absolutely. So definitely looking forward to that. But yes, for me, The Boys is a must-watch. Umbrella Academy is a good watch. It's something I will catch, but not right away. Doom Patrol, I think, is for me, has fallen into that category of I will catch it when I can. I think that even though it's still a pretty good show, I, just for some reason, like you said, like you're experiencing with season two of Umbrella Academy of the Boys, it's just something that I was going to catch it. I meant to catch it. I was going to go follow through, but season yeah. two, just something happened. So I think I got to go ahead and still check it out. Maybe I will just before the new season, but it's just not a priority for me. So it's weird how that happens because it's still, a, to me, a pretty good show. But when you see the battle between these two coming up, and again, this is going to be, not exactly at the same time period, but one's coming out in earlier June in The Boys. First two episodes are going to drop June 3rd, and then episodes every week thereafter. So they will be competing by the end of the month when Umbrella Academy drops in Season 3 on the 22nd of June. But your thoughts on this battle between the two before we head to the break?
2: Bring it. I want to see it. I'm dying to see it. Let's do it.
0: All right. Well, you finish yeah. Season two first. You should Still, finish Season I mean- two first.
2: There's always homework, I know.
0: (laughs) Yes, there's always homework indeed. But please, if you have thoughts on the latest trailers and the upcoming season threes for Umbrella Academy and also as well, The Boys. The Boys coming up starting with two episodes on June the 3rd on Amazon Prime and June 22nd is the debut of season three on Netflix for The Umbrella Academy. That comes hot on the heels a month after the first part of season four of Stranger Things coming up next week. So I know a lot of people are excited for that. But if you have thoughts on the Umbrella Academy versus the boys, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. And let us know if you like both of them, if you prefer one over the other, if you would think one is really good and one is really bad, please let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Coming up after the break, I've got Don Fomps from the Mother Daughter-ish podcast. The upfronts, the major decisions that were made for the television universe on the broadcast side in the fall was made and they showcased and they got the new schedules out. We'll talk about what's coming out, what's still there, and what bit the dust as far as television shows. That's coming up after the break. And then after that, Melinda and I are back to talk about the Weekend Box Office and pay respect to one of the great composers for movies of the past century. We're gonna talk about that coming up on the back end of the show. This is the PCC Multiverse. And if you're ready to talk toys, I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show and we're back for season two for 10 more episodes of Toy and Goodness. And this time we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, Holy Grails, play sets, what if scenarios, and so much more. But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that and, of course, our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show Season 2, exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada. And we're back with the show. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Truly appreciate it. It's The Upfronts. The Upfronts are each and every year the major time for all the broadcast networks that are out there, especially in the United States, to go ahead and present to you what's upcoming for the road ahead for the television season. And unfortunately, that also means a lot. And I mean a lot of changes for the good and for the bad being done by all these broadcast networks. And here today to talk about The Upfronts. Good friend indeed. You got to go ahead and check out what she's doing today at the Mother Daughter Ish Podcast. It is Don Fobs. Don, great to have you here as always. So much to talk about when it concerns the upfronts this yeah. week.
1: So much to talk about. I mean, I was just looking at it, going, "What's going to replace it? What's going?" <laughs> I was getting like antsy, like I can't wait to see the new list. I pulled up some of the summer stuff, but I was just like. Come
0: on now. <laughs> well, to give everybody an idea what the upfronts are as far as uh-huh. American broadcast television, since our show gets expanded worldwide, to give you an idea, this is the major week that all the broadcast networks here in the United States, they go ahead and present to you their schedules for the upcoming fall schedule. Right. Plus also, as well, in advance of that, they make changes as far as the final thoughts and the final word on shows, whether or not they're going to be renewed for mm-hmm. another season or canceled. So a lot of decisions are made therein. And before I get into the, I guess, the the cemetery of shows that were <laughs> laid by the wayside here, I want to just mention that again, that this is an extremely important time. Yeah. A lot of these networks come in with a lot of pomp and circumstance and they tell you how everything's wonderful and how everything is right. going to be going forward, how they had a great season before and how they're even going to have a better season coming right. in the future but when you hear all that and you see all that what does that leave you as far as impressions for these networks going forward
1: wait it makes me a little bit nervous because a lot of the shows that i was looking at those are pretty good shows and people love those characters you know we'll talk about a few of them but it makes me wonder, okay, what new is going to replace it? What's going to come? Where where are they headed? I can remember years ago, somebody said, well, the stories are being canceled during the daytime and all of these shows, and it's just going to be everything reality. And I said, you're crazy. Nobody's watching reality TV. Nobody's, nobody's watching the reality shows are not going to replace anything. And boom replaced everything. So it makes, when they cut so many shows, it makes me wonder, where are we going? Are we trying to usher in a new genre of something? Or are we looking for a specific group of people that we want to, you know, that they want to reach since a lot of youngsters are not watching appointment setting TV. They're watching it later on DVR. They're watching it later on. Or they're watching streaming networks. Yeah. So it makes me wonder if it's more than just about the viewers, but also about budget cuttings just across the board, because everything is increasing in price for everything. So that means that they got to pay these actors more as well. I just can't wait to see what's going to be coming for the fall and winter, because it's like, whether they're watching or not, you still got to replace that network's time slot with something. You still got to replace it.
0: Absolutely. And then you got to always consider to them the 1849 demo. It's always yeah. about the 18 to 49 demo as far yeah. as it's concerned, what they target, what they mm-hmm. want to go ahead and do, because that's how they set their advertising rates right. during the course of the slots that are presented right. out to them. Let's say an 18 to 49, you get a higher demo in that demo rating and at, at one point in time over the other, that means you can go ahead and offer higher rates at that higher vaunted point in time where you've got the 18 to 49 reached the most. And then yeah. you've also got to consider which shows that are going to live and die by that rating as far as the demo rating. Overall rating, which everybody else, younger or older,
1: can yeah. go ahead
0: and watch it. Also, as well, you got to consider, is this show being watched at the later time on the plus seven viewing, what they call it, yeah. yes. in the next week? Are they being watched on the websites of the various channels? Are they watched on DVR? for instance when the shows are run on abc are they watched on hulu the next day or mm-hmm. fx the next day all mm-hmm. those things are in consideration and one of the things i do want to go ahead and give everybody a list of and here i go i'm gonna take a deep breath here because there's Ooh, a you take one too. <laughs> this is courtesy of my good friends at the tv ratings guide they do a great job of covering the tv ratings that are out there plus everything that's going on Want to tell everybody out there, especially for those interested in American television, the shows. In fact, most of these shows are circulated in some form or fashion worldwide. So this is going to be important for everybody out there listening. Here are the shows that have been renewed on the American broadcast networks. So if you've got a show that you like out there, keep your fingers crossed that that as far as the shows that have been renewed. We're talking about the ones that are coming up for the next season. ABC. Abbott Elementary is obviously the biggest one because that's done such a great job. And it's just so loved by critics and fans like Big Sky, the Connors, the Goldbergs, the Good Doctor, Grey's Anatomy, Home Economics, A Million Little Things. I know that was on the tightrope, but they got approved. The Rookie, Station 19, and The Wonder Years. Move on. They are going to go ahead and get another season for CBS, Blue Bloods. Bob Hart's Abishola, CSI Vegas, which warms my heart, mm-hmm. Equalizer, <laughs> F- all the FBI shows, including International Most Wanted, which that was a no doubter. That series of shows, that block of shows has done so well for the network. Ghost has been a big hit as far as from a comedy standpoint. That's the American adaptation, so that has done a great job. I know this a UK actually brought out originally. NCIS, the NCIS shows, Hawaii and Los Angeles, all mm-hmm. three of them they get a renewal that's a no-brainer the neighborhood right. swat and young sheldon all those yeah. shows are coming back to cbs the cw which you and i always joke about i mean yeah the <laughs> ratings. how can they determine which is going to stay which is going to go well they did decide that all american all american homecoming the flash which is mm-hmm. the of the any of the shows that <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> kung fu Nancy Drew, Riverdale, Superman and Lois, and Walker, the revival of Walker, Texas Ranger. That is available now. That's going to be getting another season on the CW. Fox's renewals are 9-11 and 9-11 Lone Star. That was at the last minute. That and The Resident, all three of those shows, were decided upon just before the start of the upfronts. Actually, I think earlier today they were decided upon that they are getting renewal. I know a lot of it had to do with contract issues and things of that nature. That also yeah. comes into play as well. Bob's Burgers, you know they're going to do a movie here that's coming out at the end of this month. So you know they're going to go ahead and renew that one. Yeah, of course. Call Me Cat, The Cleaning Lady, which a lot of people are really getting into. Family Guy, of course. The Great yes. North, The Resident, The Simpsons. I know that's on season 500 and whatever. 500. <laughs> exactly. And Welcome to Flatch also as well. NBC, American Auto from the makers of one of my favorite comedies of all time, Superstore. They get the actually renewal. The Blacklist, all the Chicago shows.
1: Woo, Blacklist.
0: Fire, Med, and PD. Yeah, of course, you've talked so much about The Blacklist and ah, how much you love that show. Love it. Absolutely. Grand Crew, La Brea, all three Law & Order shows, including Organized Crime and SVU. New Amsterdam, and of course, The Young Rock Show, which mm-hmm. I know makes Dwayne Johnson very happy that his seven-buck studios get to go ahead and still produce another season of Young Rock.
1: Yeah, so you got those that are going to be coming back, and then when before we finish, I want to tell you about the ones that are renewed on the other stations as well. Okay,
0: absolutely. But, go for it. Absolutely, yeah. my friend. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Okay, so so the ones that are we're gonna get ready to see this summer, you know, Stranger Things is gonna be coming back, and we should have already seen that one right around the time Bridgerton came back, but for some reason they kept pushing it back. So it's gonna be on season four and it's coming back. We've got Hacks on HBO part two. The Time Traveler's Wife is on HBO. That one is pretty good. Only Murders in the Building with
0: the um, Steve Martin. Steve and- Martin on that
1: one. Umbrella Academy three season three is coming back, then Miss Marvel on Disney. That's gonna be
0: that's, that's going to be, be actually years, in June. Yeah, so, that comes yeah. up after Kenobi, which mm-hmm. Kenobi debuts. Yes, I know run. you
1: were going to mention that one.
0: Also, as well, The Boys, which is Amazon. Yes, big I saw head. that one too. That is coming out starting on June third. Just to let everybody know, that that's one. yeah, that's going to be actually coming. First two episodes are going to drop right there and then. So, a lot of good things that are coming to streaming. Yeah. I do want to mention though, with the good comes the bad, and some yeah. shows that unfortunately have bit the dust now. There's still maybe some life left in some of these shows. and Some of these shows will actually be allowed to finish off their season. Some may even be allowed to shop them, like we saw with Manifest, getting a new life on Netflix for one more season. So at least some of these shows may get a closing as far as a finality for their storylines are concerned. Mm -hmm. But they are going to be cancellations or series endings, to let you know. ABC, Blackish, Queens, and Promised Land are either canceled or their series are going to be ending. CBS, Be Positive, Bull, which is finally going to be seeing the series end there. I know that's been mm-hmm. a controversial show to say the least. Good Sam, How We Roll, Magna PI, which has yes. definitely been on the title. I was row. a little
1: shocked about that one.
0: That one is just basically came down to a little bit of cost, a little bit of logistics. And then yeah. also as well, the fact that Universal produces this. Had this been a CBS homegrown product, I think CBS would have kept it, but because they deal with a third party entity producing oh, that's
1: it. Always that, that's always hard. Yeah.
0: yeah it's, it's a little bit more pricey for them. So it has to get better ratings. So unfortunately it did not. That's yeah. been on the tightrope for seasons now. And United States of al That's also, unfortunately, met its demise. With The CW, it comes up right there. 4,400, Batwoman, Mm Charm, Dynasty, In the Dark, Legacies, Legends of Tomorrow, Naomi. And I think the biggest surprise for me was Roswell, New Mexico, which has been around for several Mm -hmm. seasons. So, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, that met its demise. For the Fox, The Big Leap, Our Kind of People, and Pivoting, those three series are ending on Mm -hmm. Fox. And NBC, The Endgame, Keenan, which we talked about. Yes, Keenan's Kenan. going to have to keep his job on SNL for a little while longer. I know my daughter, who's a big SNL fan, says he's he wants to be there 20 seasons. So I think okay. he's going to have to be there 20 seasons. Yeah. Mr. Mayor, actually, that yeah. was kind of a surprise for me. Ordinary Joe, The Thing About Pam. And, of course, everybody knows about this series ending. But that's on its own. It's one of those few shows that gets to end out on its own. And that is This Is Us. So that, of yeah. course, is a series that's going to now be Now, that good.
1: one I think I was a little shocked about because it was such the rave. It had the same attention when it first came out that Abbott Elementary has, just raving fans that loved it and talked about it every day. So I was a little shocked about the This Is Us. I mean, I, I just... I would have never imagined. I thought that would be one of those shows like Grey's Anatomy that just goes on and on and on and on.
0: And it's not because of ratings with it. It's the creator sees a creative end for that show. I don't think he wanted to keep- He might want to develop
1: something else then. Okay. Yeah,
0: absolutely. He saw the story arc, plus also the characters as well. Do the actors behind those characters, do they want to continue on? I think they got a consensus where they could go with a cohesive storyline, plus the fact that it deals with before- and the present and it keeps on going back and forth how long could they consistently keep on going with those storylines especially the before part So mm-hmm. far as milo Ventimiglia and mandy moore how can you keep going with that so looks like that's all coming to an end very soon for this is us but that's their choice so there you have it is what i've got so far as far yes. as ones that are just really just could not be able to go ahead and, and be around unfortunately There are a lot of series orders that are being picked up, and I know you and I are going to be talking about more about it as we get closer to the fall of premiere, but just Mm -hmm. to give you a heads up out there, for ABC, Alaska, Avalon, Not Dead Yet, and The Rookie Feds, which is a rookie spinoff. That's going to be their shows coming up on ABC, CBS, East New York, Fire Country, So Help Me, Todd, and True Lies, which is based off of the movie that we saw so many years ago with Arnold Schwarzenegger. The CW with Gotham Knights, Walker Independence. So you see the Walker influence there and the Winchesters Fox with accused alert and Monarch and NBC with Lopez versus Lopez with comedian, George Lopez, the revivals of night court and quantum leap. So that's going to take us back in there. And I know when I posted that on quantum leap, that got a lot of attention. So I I think a lot of people are going to be looking at that. So, Seeing all that happen and seeing all those changes and seeing all the stuff that's either coming or going, what are your thoughts on all these changes that have taken place over the past few days in the upfronts?
1: Hey, what a perfect time to let us know, though, in May, when we're already getting ready. I believe starting this weekend, we'll literally be ushering in summer. So what a great way to kind of know, because, you know, the summer goes by so fast. Everybody's kind of traveling. You're doing things. You're vacationing. You're not really watching a whole lot of TV unless you're watching it on your phone or whatever. So it kind of gives us a little excitement to say, okay, I wonder what's going to come back in the fall when we settle back down. The kids are in school. Everybody's in college. Everybody's back to work, you know, normal time, especially like for the school teachers that'll be out the summer and then back I think this is a perfect time for them to let us know. Hey, some of your favorites didn't make it, but guess what? We've got some that did, but then it gives us the excitement of okay, what's coming? Yeah. Absolutely. Who's going to replace that? What new genre of shows are going to get in there? Which ones are going to get I'm excited about which ones are going to get a new life over on Hulu, Netflix or any of those other stations because even though we're saying right here today there are some shows that are canceled, I guarantee you. They're already talking behind the scenes. I mean, if I was a business person like that, I would be. If I was in the movie industry, I'd already be talking to Netflix and Hulu and everybody else to see, hey, we've got this many people that were still watching it. Can we put it over there? Like they did with In the Dark, like they did with Manifest, like they did with Outlander. And when they land over on those channels, I get so excited about it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, now's the time you will see companies shopping those different uh, shows around just Mm -hmm. to see if there could be any live to it. And may is such an important time. Like already I said, with the upfronts, you had earlier this month, the may sweeps, which is a big time for then to go ahead, these networks to go ahead and set their advertising rates going forwards for these new shows that are coming up in the fall and also the Mm -hmm. existing ones that stay over. So may is such a huge and important month for television out there just so much going on just so hard to keep track of but don you've been amazing helping me go ahead and coordinate this i truly appreciate this as always i know again may is is always the busiest month for television for so many oh
1: and think about this too gerald they have to also get everything ready for when the new award shows and all of that come out so if you've already gotten the acts, they're not worried about that they're looking at okay what can we do with whatever awards they're gonna get from there. So it kind well, of good, helps to round up a little better.
0: <laughs> that's the reason why a hundred shows are being presented over the next sixty days in May and June, because July oh, that's be exciting. is when the Emmys nominations start to come out. So the last cutoff point is over the next 60 days. I so that's why I you figured are, as much. You are going to see a lot of shows being presented as far as on television. So Definitely something to look at. And it's a great time then, I guess, for watching television for us out there. So just a truly tremendous time indeed. But before we head on out, my friend, you always got to give us an update what's going on with your amazing show with you and your daughter, the Mother Daughter-ish podcast. So please give us the heads up. What are mother and daughter doing on the Mother Daughter-ish podcast?
1: Oh, wow. We've been having a really great time talking about day trips and talking about what's happening for the summer, talking about the bits and pieces that we're doing in the studio. We've got everything pretty much finished, just a few little things that we need to do. We are excited about all the different events that we're going to be involved in between now and December. Yeah, we know our schedule between now and December. So we've got a lot kind of going on with the show, a lot of Marketing a lot of meet-and-greet networking and markets and all kinds of things happening over at the mother-daughter We're growing like crazy like just in the last few weeks Our Instagram has just grown because I've been doing a lot of interviewing a lot of talking a lot of Meeting and greeting going to a lot of women's events and so many of them coming up. We're excited about Atlanta uh, this weekend We're excited about the white label event in Las Vegas the next weekend so just getting out and meeting so many people and letting people know that we exist here we'll probably have a few more series so that we can do a lot more fun things in the summertime if we we like doing the series because we can just go off of that series and we don't have to do a whole lot when we're traveling because we do take the computer and we video when we're traveling. But we've just just been having fun and preparing ourselves mentally and physically for the summer. Cause you know we've all kind of been locked down for two years. So yeah. now that we're out, we're out with a capital O. <laughs> and I personally am so excited because all I keep doing every day is looking up trips. Okay, where can I go in Mexico? Where can I go here? Where can I go there? I keep Googling, when will all restrictions on travel stop? I've been Googling like crazy lately and I am so ready.
0: (laughs) Oh, I'm so happy for you indeed. But once again, it's the Mother Daughter-ish podcast. Please subscribe today, wherever you get your podcast. Please go ahead and follow her on all of her social media. It is Dawn Fobbs. She's incredible as always. I know, Dawn, that the summer TV season will be in full gear
1: gear. when
0: we meet again in June. Looking forward to our conversation then. But any last thoughts before we head on out?
1: Sounds wonderful. I am so excited. I can't wait to see what else is going to come. I can't wait to tell you about it here and listen to what you found as well. So I'll be keeping my eyes open and my ears listening to what's going on and what's coming new. And so there's just a lot happening that I want to be able to talk about the next time we get together. So thank you for having me. I appreciate it
0: always a pleasure we'll be talking more streaming summer programming and everything going on right here on television always great to have you park at the pop culture if you're in the las vegas and henderson areas and are looking to buy sell or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles there's no better place to go than retro city games from xbox to playstation And we're back to close out the show. It's the PCC Multiverse. I want to thank so much Dawn Fobbs for stopping by. She's got to check out what she's doing today at the Mother Daughter-ish podcast. My friend, before we head on out, I wanted to go ahead and give everybody the update on this week's box office. Counter-programming to Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness, and then the upcoming Top Gun Maverick, which by this time next week, everybody will forget about. And that is Downtown Abbey. The return. <laughs> Downtown Abbey 2, the sequel, whatever you want to call it, Downtown Abbey has made a return. And the first one was a pretty good hit, under the radar hit, but actually made quite a bit of money. That's why they're doing this again. And the idea of counter programming worked when the first movie came out. The audience that we've talked about already on the show, as far as the older demographic that the movie is targeted towards that group, hasn't really come back strong since the pandemic and people are just starting to get back to theaters and all that as a measure of counter-programming do you think that downtown abbey a new era which is getting okay ratings in the mid-60s just like the other movie we're going to talk about before we head on out do you think downtown abbey a new era can be a successful counter-programming to what we're seeing with dr strange and next week's top gun maverick
2: I like to think so. Downton Abbey has enough of a uh, passionate fan base that I think that it is going to be enough to get them to go back out and go to the movies again. Having an option for people besides comic book movies and besides a horror movie and besides the latest animated offering is always a smart move. The question is getting that kind of movie right because I think it is a very particular type of movie. And I think that Downtown Abbey has enough of all of the good stuff that it's going to get people back out to the theaters. I really do. I think that people are are ready to get back to the theater in that particular age group that you're talking about. And I think that people are just, they're ready to get back to going out and getting back into the movies and stuff.
0: But before we head on out, I do want to mention the other movie that's coming out this weekend, the indie hit, possibly, from Alex Garland, who, big movie, I think is... If you've seen it, Ex Machina,
2: I think that that
0: movie is a really good one with Oscar Isaac. Really weird, really different, really had a lot of things to say and speak about technology and gone wrong after all that. But his latest movie, Men, is coming out this weekend as well. And it's getting the same kind of reviews in that same ballpark as Downtown Abbey. It's actually got a 66 right now on Metacritic. So it's not the best movie that he's done or the most beloved movie that he's done but men is coming as a horror movie to theaters this week your thoughts on men as a creepy kind of horror film that could find a niche It could be an indie hit for the movies this week
2: yeah it it looks like it has really good potential to be some of the stuff i'm just kind of quickly glancing at a couple of reviews here there are some suggesting that the horror of the movie doesn't go quite far enough but what has me a little bit intrigued is that alex garland was inspired to change the ending of the movie because of attack on titan
0: well the production company that made this is a24 yeah which is very interesting that they release this movie now seeing how one of their biggest domestic hits of all time which could be in the next couple weeks the biggest hit for them domestically everything everywhere all at once because Watch out! It actually climbed up to number two at the box office during a couple of days this week. So people have got to be checking that out. I think that's a lot of good word of mouth. So if yeah. Men has any type of good word of mouth comparatively to Everything Everywhere All at Once, could be a good sign for A twenty four. But I'm really happy for Everything Everywhere All at Once as it gets close to a fifty million dollar domestic haul and something that is closing in as the number one movie for A24 all time. So big props to Michelle Yeoh and everyone involved on that. But before we head on out, my friend, I wanted to go ahead and pay some respects to a great composer who passed away at the age of 79 this week, and that is Vangelis. And I know a lot of people are not familiar with the name, but you are familiar with two of his biggest movie soundtracks that have been made from the early 80s. The first one that he's well-known for, and it's a song that I joke never ends, but it's actually a very beautiful song, and it won Academy Awards. It went to number one at the top of the charts, and that is Chariots of Fire. Even if you haven't seen the movie, you know the song. do 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 Yeah, everybody's running on the beach slow motion and all that, but I want to go ahead and say the movie that has touched me the most, and his composing was a great bit of that is Blade Runner. And Josh and I for years have praised Blade Runner as one of the greatest sci-fi films of all time. It's one of the standard bearers for sci-fi visionary thinking and viewing. And part of that is because of the great soundtrack and the great music that's provided by Vangelis. That opening scene where you see the eyes and you see all the explosions from futuristic Los Angeles. The reason why it's just so compelling and draws you in is in part because of that music that he created. So any thoughts on Vangelis before we head on out?
2: It's definitely a sound that more people are familiar with than they could possibly realize. And when you lose people who are passionate and talented at building those soundscapes for those movies that we love and that we revisit and continue to talk about and continue to have in discussions about modern movies even though that was oh god i don't want to think about how long ago the 80s were to be honest but when you're still having those conversations i think that that's such a true credit to the craft and when you lose a voice and a sound like his it is a loss for movie going in general
0: yeah you have a problem as far as thinking back to the 80s i have a problem (laughs) thinking back to the 80s that's for sure but Vangelis, I do want to pay respects to his great work. And please, if you get a chance, check out Chairs of Fire, or as I would refer to you, please check out Blade Runner if you haven't already. It is just sensational. And part of it is in part because of the great work and the great composing of Vangelis. But my friend, it's been a great episode. Cannot thank you enough for stopping by as the fellow host on this Radio show of dreams that we do each and every week but any last thoughts before we head on out.
2: Yes, a couple actually. One is have you watched a show called Centaur World yet? Centaur no, I'm World. Not. I'm not quite sure what I think of it yet, but I've watched about 16 episodes and it's just And you don't
0: know for sure what you
2: think yeah, of it? Yeah, it's an animated show, it's on Netflix and it's so bizarre that I can't figure out if I like it or not, but I can't stop watching it at the same time. Maybe that's the point. But if somebody else out there wants to go ahead and watch that and let me know what you think, <laughs> that would be great.
0: Is that Netflix's version of a car accident that you just can't help watching it?
2: I mean, maybe it is. I don't know. But yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying the journey of uh, Horse trying to find her rider again. And yeah, it's quite the show. And last but not least. We hope to see you 1.30 on Sunday for Vampires and Vitae. We're going to have all four of us back at the table again. And we're going to have to answer for some of the actions that happened last Sunday. So.
0: Oh, Robbie is probably licking his chops right now. Just going yeah. and say, oh, we can't wait to get them back on Vampires of Vita. Yeah. So for Melinda Barkhouse Ross, this is Gerald Glass. This is another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com